Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Happy Friday, everybody. Hopefully you guys are doing well. As the big voice said, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Shout out Rick Party one time for doing all our voiceovers. Rick Party's a good dude. Him and I went to the same elementary school together. Really? Oddly, right? Not the same time. I, didn't know, I actually did not know that Rick Party was a Chicago guy. Yeah. I did not know that. I mean, I've been hearing him my whole life, but what's, I didn't. What's funny is this. So, you know, him being a Chicago guy and having been on some of the, you know, other radio stations in the city, I knew he went to my elementary school from a long time ago. So being when, when we worked on the score together, I sent him a message. And I was like, hey, bro, I know you don't know this, but we went to the same elementary school. Mm. Not at the same time, obviously. He's older than me. Damn. Everybody's older than you. That's shady. That's shady. Yeah, well. But but you just turned 40. First of all, dude, do not put that out there. (laughs) I am years away from 40. Grody loves doing that. You just had Tyler, do not laugh at that, bro. Just had that birthday. Now you're egging him on, bro. You're egging him on. Grody, you're full of jokes today. Oh, I thought you were going to say, you're 45. Are you 45? Maybe. Nah, Grody's older. See, when you, when you say stuff like that, you know you're older. Than well, you. see, you're this. catching up with me, man. <laughs> I'll never catch up to you. I promise that. You almost there, man. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. We're not going to derail this again. Like, I'm not going to derail this again. Like hey, I, I, I'll just I'll say this and I'll shut up. There's nothing to be ashamed of 40. Carry on. <laughs> well, our next guest is certainly not 40. She's more with under. me. Under. I take she's the all, under. She's more with me hanging out in the young folk crew. She's not a baby like Tyler. Yeah. But she is an expert nonetheless. Senior NFL writer at The Athletic, hanging out with us now on the Circuit Resort Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Caitlin Collar, how are you? Thanks for hanging out with us today. When were you born? Yeah, of no, course. No, don't, um, no, don't, I'm, don't. Well, I am almost 30. I'm, I'm going oh. to my 30th year. So Wait, wow. see, this is how you know your ass is young when you're, when you're right. willingly able to give up the fact that you ain't 30 yet. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Caitlin. Yeah. I hate you, first of all. How about that? Let's, this is our first time talking. I hate you, first of all. And I just my birthday was Wednesday, Kaylin. And here, here's where you will come to eventually, right? Where, you know, there is a point where you're like, oh, you know, make a stupid joke. And you're like, oh, I'm 21 again. And then you'll get old enough to where you realize 21 is not where you want to be anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. Nor do you want to be there again. So yeah. you say 31. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was okay. great. 30, yeah. 31 right. again. Yes. So, okay, then we'll get there eventually. Uh, but right. in the present, you are with us, and we are talking some NFL right now. I do want to live in the Eagle space with you for a second. You see um, yep. some some names popping out as to where Zeke Elliott might end up this upcoming NFL season. You've seen the Jets, you've seen the Bengals, and the Eagles as well. Do you think that uh, what, what, of those three teams, where do you think a guy like Zeke might end up? 
that's a good question. I mean, I could see the Eagles. Uh, you know, they lost uh, Miles Sanders in free agency, um, so I could see I could see them making a move for him. And it would be, I think, it would be more interesting if he went to the Eagles within the same division as the Cowboys, obviously. Um, and you know, the thing that's really uh, sad and and kind of hilarious about the Ezekiel Elliott experience is that his last snap as a Dallas Cowboy was was that season ending. Um, play where he was under center uh, taking the snap uh, and got completely trucked. So um, that is just my lasting image of him as a Dallas Cowboy, which is looking back sort of um, funny now that that was his final snap there. But anyways, I do think it would be more fun and um, exciting if he went to the Eagles within within the division just for the storylines there. So I could see that being a landing spot for him for sure. As long as we're on the Eagles, and we'll ask Kayleen about the the Bears and some of the big picture thoughts as far as those are concerned. But I the, the I'll just read your headline: the the Eagles' controversial push sneak play unchallenged oh, yeah. by the NFL competition committee. Get us up to date on that because you were writing about that in the Athletic yesterday. Yeah, that's been like my main beat for the last few months is just this, this particular play. Um, so the the good news is this play is safe for another season. They did not touch it. The competition committee did not have enough strong feelings on it. There wasn't, you know, a unanimous opinion on it to create a proposal that would ban it. Mm-hmm. So there was no rule that was created. They didn't even get that far. So that is the good news. It will not be put in front of owners. There's There was no proposal created for it competition committee created i think four or five other proposals of their own that they submitted but nothing to do with this particular play so that is really good news in my opinion because i really wanted to see uh, and i'm very curious to see how teams will incorporate it into their own offenses other teams around the nfl and i think you would be silly not to like if you are a coach who has a quarterback that you know is not patrick mahomes because mahomes will never run another quarterback sneak again (laughs) for good reason but like if you've got a quarterback who is willing to do it, and even if you don't, you can – when we saw a team do it with a tight end this year, I believe, where they pushed a tight end forward, or it might have been a fullback. So you can do it with other positions. Mm, okay. you, you, you would be crazy not to be trying this <laughs> yeah. because we saw how well it worked for the Eagles. It was nearly automatic for them. So if, if you're an offensive coordinator and you're not uh, – scheming this up right now like it's a totally missed opportunity so I think we'll see a lot of teams get into it like we heard Pete Carroll at the combine wanted to do it Sean Payton has talked about how he has ideas for it so I'm actually really excited to see what people do off of this play next season and also on the flip side what our defense is going to do because that's what this game is all about like if a team comes up with something that is a huge advantage you have to just evolve to stop it instead of creating a rule to just make it illegal how about the defenses do something about it? Like, I'm excited Novel. to see what they'll do. Yeah, right. We're talking to Kayleen Kaler here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. I mean, you bring up a great point, right? It's all about making adjustments. But when you're talking about teams like, you know, the Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs, teams that have dominant offenses, this just gives them another another element to be successful. And, and of course, we can uh, here in Chicago, we're trying to liken that to a guy like Justin Fields. Um, Kayleen, when you've seen him, throughout last year, before we get into the future of the Chicago Bears, what was your assessment of a guy like Justin Fields and whether or not he's someone that, you know, you've seen a lot of praise for him in the offseason. Build your team around him. Don't trade him. But I'm curious as to what your take was on the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. 
Yeah, I mean, there were I, – I, mean, I remember just being at a few games last year where it was finally, like, fun again to watch a quarterback play here. So that hasn't been – you know, that we haven't felt that in Chicago in a long time. So I think it was really some real excitement with Justin Fields last season. And I think, you know, I am – you know, obviously we want him to build on the passing game and, you know, not be so reliant on – using his legs because, you know, I think, I don't know at what point it was last season. I can't remember specifically when, but he was talking about how his legs were burnt out, you know, and he was, he was tired. So I think there needs to be a better balance with the way he's used to scramble and, um, you know, undesigned runs and things like that. But I do think that is such a huge part of what makes him such an exciting player and an exciting weapon. And so I think it's going to be really exciting to see now that he actually has like, a stable of receivers, you know, what can he do next season? I think it's a huge season for Justin Fields. No doubt about it. And it's funny that like when we're doing our little exercises, Kayleen, where we're trying to figure out, you know, how, how many, by how many games have the bears improved with, with what they've done in the off season. The thing that needs to be brought up is, Hey, there could be a natural bump with Justin Fields having the weapons around him and just him naturally getting better heading into his third year. So I wanted to make that perfectly clear. But what have you thought, I guess, on the on the overall of Ryan Poles and into his second year here and how he has operated, you know, relative to what he did last year, what he I guess what he felt he had to do, and what he has done so far this year in this offseason with the draft and with free agency. How are you looking at it from your perspective, Kenley? Yeah, I mean, it's been really exciting. Obviously, I don't think that's shocking or news to anybody that this has been a really interesting and um, very different free agency period for the Chicago Bears. And I think it was great what he did to trade the pick this early so that he could use that value, you know, now and, and trade for a receiver within that draft pick. And so I thought that was a really smart um, way to do that trade. And I don't think anyone could you know criticize him for any part of that deal and so you know to make a huge move like that and everyone is kind of in support of what you did is I think a huge um, departure from what you know how his first year here started I mean just last September there was a lot of questions about how he was running things when you know he wouldn't um, you know sign Roquan Smith to an extension and um, ended up trading him obviously and uh, you know, there were just some missteps. So Larry Ogunjobi mm-hmm. um, failed signing. I think there were a lot of reasons to question Ryan Pauls in his first year. And now we can kind of see how that vision that he had is coming together. And I think, you know, he's had probably the best offseason of any GM, I would say, right now um, this year. And so I think it's really cool to see what he can do now that he was able to do it. I ran into him at Northwestern Pro Day about a week ago. Um, which was just a few days after, uh, you know, he made the big trade. And you could just tell he was having fun. Like this is, you know, this is where you want to be as a GM. You want to be in position to be making moves and actually spending money. Whereas last year he was just not in the position to do any of that. So after having witnessed that pro day, are you now convinced, Kayleen, that Peter Skaronsky will be drafted number nine overall by the Chicago Bears? Yeah, hey, they had a big presence at that pro day, which is always hard to, you know, say anything about it because it's like, okay, it's right next door. So, like, does it mean anything? But I will say Chris Morgan was there, who's the offensive line mm-hmm. coach. So, 
you know, that that means a lot. But I'll also say the Raiders had their offensive line coach there, and I know they have their eye on him as well. Mm. So, um, you know, and that, that probably says more that the Raiders, you know, flew out their O-line coach to um, this pro day. It's a little bit further and a little bit more of a commitment. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a great fit. And, obviously, I'm a Wildcat, so I'm excited to see where Skaronski ends up. The Raiders, you hear that, Gabe? They're, they no. draft their seventh they're overall. Not, they're not going, going Skaronski. Okay. All right, I'm just they, saying, they, I mean, uh, Bears might have work to do. You know I like it. I like it. I like it, though. I've got to be honest. And I look at, like, Ryan Poles, uh, Kayleen, and I'm looking at, uh, you know, what they what he's done so far. And you're right. One thing I, that has stood out to me, and I wonder what your take is on it, be, being a young person yourself, like me, Grody. Not 30. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little She's not 30 and you're not 40. I'm closer to 30 <laughs> than I am 40. <laughs> I'll tell you and, that. I'm, and I'm not 60. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing I do like about his style is the open communication. And, yeah. you know, he mentioned about, you know, taking Justin Fields into a room and be like, hey, bro, this is what we're going to get. This is what we're not going to get, right? I think a lot, of, a lot of us millennials or for you, a Gen Zers that are out there, I mean, we appreciate that level of communication. And I'm curious to think with a younger GM, do you feel as though he's implementing that because he is younger or do you think he's just trying to reinvent the GM position? It probably does have something to do with um, his age. I don't, I don't know that we'd ever know exactly how much, but I think it's awesome how vocal and open he is, especially compared to Ryan Pace, who never said anything worthwhile ever. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's just like refreshing to see him being quoted like all the time. I mean, it's such a difference than it. I mean, it's such a difference than the previous GM who just did, never wanted to do a press conference and never wanted to talk on the record. And I mean, you could say Ryan Poles maybe has gone too far in the other direction, but I think it's great to hear, you know, his honest thoughts and like, he's a really friendly guy. And obviously like, you know, that doesn't mean you're a good GM, but I do think it goes a long way if you're willing to, explain your reasoning and just kind of willing to be to put things out there as you said and be a little bit more transparent about things like it's football like there's no need to treat this like it's a state secret um so i think it's good that he's confident and can just say what he means and in the case of the trade it may even have helped him for you know to be saying okay here's exactly what i want out of this you know instead of you know, operating in the shadows and uh, making people wonder what he'll take and what he won't. I mean, he was very upfront about it, and it may even have helped that deal come along as quickly as it did. Yeah, all, all true. And <laughs> now you got me thinking about Pace really never did say a damn no thing. No one, not one NFL. Like, when you listen to any of these guys, it's all just cloak and daggers. Like, no one's out there just really saying what is happening. Derrick Henry, yeah, you know what? He ran his course here in Tennessee. We're searching for other things. Like, why can't, like, no one says things like that. It's always like, right. you know, this, like, this this game that needs to be played. But Ryan Poles is out here like, hey, listen, I traded Chase Claypool because I already saw what's about to come out <laughs> yeah. from the wide receivers. Yeah. I know what's going to happen in free agency. Was it a little bit more than I would like to have given up? Sure. But I didn't know what direction or what this wide receiver group was going to look like. I love those kinds of things. Right. Yeah, and there's a lot that we can learn from it, too, as media. And, like, that's all we're trying to do here is just have a better understanding of what you're doing in your job. And if you don't say anything, how are we supposed to do that? Yeah, even as human beings, I think that's a lesson a lesson in humanity there, how to just communicate a little bit better because most of us think we communicate exceptionally well. Kayleen, we appreciate <laughs> yeah. you hanging out with us today. Thanks for giving Thank us you. some of your time. I yeah. appreciate it.
Of course. Have a good Friday night, guys. Of course. Bye. Look forward to talking to you again. She's a senior NFL writer at The Athletic. Of course, uh, you need to follow her online, Kayleen Kaler, K-A-L-Y-N-K-A-H-L-E-R. I thought you were going to say she was a senior in college. No, damn near. I mean, right. Damn geez. near. Yeah. If you keep telling people I'm over 40, we're going to have problems, girls, man. Like, you got these wrong ages <laughs> Okay, okay. Not over 40. Not over 40. 40 on the dot. I got you, man. No, no, not quite. Bro. I know 41 does uh, sound a lot different. The people people are going to think that. Gabe uh, is not 40, folks. This please. is Mark Rody. Gabe is Google not me. 40. Just Google He's me. under 40, okay? Chicago underscore Gabe. Follow me. Right, no, no, right. no, 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 no. Google me. <laughs> Google me, Mark Do Rody. Do me. <laughs> Mark Roy, stud. Yeah, that's right. Stud. That's right. Six every score. Yeah. Bears, 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 stud. Bears. 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 Yeah, we got more to talk about on the other side. Mark Roy and I are going to discuss that number nine pick. Whether or not, uh, because, you know, the good thing about media, Grody, you mm-hmm. and I, our opinions can change every day. So, you know, yeah. yesterday, we, we could have spoke last week and you could have been like, offensive lineman. The situation is fluid. Okay. So, what does what what does Mark Grody think on March twenty fourth, two thousand twenty three? Where the Bears should go? What direction they should go on number at the number nine pick? We're going to discuss that. I'm going to give you my opinion as well because I think the important thing here, right? As Bears fans, it's not about who the Bears should take; it's who you'd be upset if they took positionally, positionally, not necessarily a specific the individual. Player. Absolutely yeah. not positionally because I think that's where we are at as a fan base. We have expectations. Mark Grody told me a week and a half ago, we need to be greedy as Bears fans. And if you're greedy, then there has to be some sort of position that you would feel uncomfortable if the Bears used it at number nine. We'll talk about that on the other side and see who Mark Grody thinks the Bears should take with that number nine pick. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. On a Friday night here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I think in year one in a new system for a young quarterback, having an expectation where he's going to get to third and fourth reads and you know, be comfortable enough 
you know, to check the ball down when there's aggressive play calls. I just think that's unrealistic in year one. Now, in year two, you like that composure, that ability to manipulate the system in his favor. You like to see progress in all those areas, and I think you would. But also remember now, it wasn't like he had a great supporting cast this past season. And I know they traded for Claypool, but it's hard for a receiver to get traded midseason and come in and learn a new offense and, and be productive. Robbie Anderson didn't do anything when he went from Carolina to Arizona, so I think Claypool will be better having had a half a season and a full offseason to really, you know, learn this system. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, 670 to score. <laughs> that was Sean King talking about Justin Fields and what the expectations were and how they were unrealistic last year. And I don't agree with that at all. I think the un- I think I think the expectations were minimal for Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't remember there being gigantic. I remember no, there wasn't. It was okay. He's be better. That 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 was the expectation yeah. for Justin Fields. Be better. But I would look at it more from new coach and new coordinator. That okay. angle. That's of, fair. And that, and that's where. Like how can your expectations expectations yeah. be high when well, you have that? Right, and w- why he got a relative pass, like going into the season, he got that. But Alyssa Bergamini walking in. Just throwing us off. Be still my heart. It's a Friday. Listen, She's, let's be clear. It's a Friday, and, and it's Gabe and Grody on the radio. We'll do whatever we want. So don't walk in here, because then we'll switch the whole conversation to Bergamini with the sick Bears head. Of course you're, you're allowed. Always. You want to sit down right here and prep while we're while we're doing our show? We're having a yeah, party in here. It. I don't know if it's you realize okay. that or not, but that's um, an awesome hat for real. Like, that's old school. Alyssa Bergamini donning the Bears cap. Bulls broadcast. I'm good. And you know what? It's good to see that you're just still Jenny from the block, even though you're big yeah. time now. And you're and you're early, bro. You're that like she's, uh, you're she's like a professional. A, you're, you're Alyssa from the block, but yeah. By the block, we mean the burbs. The burg. Let's be very. Bergy from the burbs. Is that what it yeah. is? But you, but you got the you got the expensive coat on. I thought you lived in the city. Don't you live in the city now? What does that have to do with an expensive coat? No, no. But you're talking about she's burgs from the burbs. She is. Yeah, but she lives in the city <laughs> for like the what the last. Oh, okay. System the city. She's a Fugazi. No, 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 no. She's a Fugazi. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna correct all that. We're not gonna do that. We got Burb Bergamini Ber- in the building. Burgundy. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get to her. We're actually gonna get to her next. We're gonna do that. We're talking oh, some bulls with, with Bergs. Oh, good. I try to give her respect because I'm like, listen, bro. I don't want to make you come on when you get here because you got prep to do. We yeah. got prep to do. You know what I mean? But I'm like, you know, whatever. Hey man, the, we, it's a tale of two games against the Philadelphia 76ers. Don't start because then we'll just Is do it, it right not? now. Well, don't start because we'll do it right now. No, I'm just saying that, that that's yeah, well okay. Fine. Do, do Get a microphone. Thing. That was just that was just no, what was on no, my brain. No, no, take the break. It already dude. happened. Do you want me to take the phone call? Of people were talking oh, about bears, or you want me to go to Alyssa Bergman? Yeah, we're not. We're, yeah, all right, we're gonna we're gonna, so. we're gonna bring Alyssa in, in a second. She's got to warm up. Deep dive into bulls right now. Oh, but we do get to talk to my guy Ray in Orland Park. Ray. Happy Friday, first of all. Second of all, what do you think the Bears are going to do with that number nine pick, Ray? Uh, Gabe, pleasure to talk to you again. Happy Friday to you as well. I'm a school teacher, so Friday has an extra special meeting for me. Um, I think they're going to trade down. And to answer your question, I'd hate to see another linebacker brought in because they just signed two premium linebackers and they let go of Rokon. That seems to be anti-logical there, but... I'm going to give you a master plan, though. All right, tell me what you think of it. This. It might sound terrible. It might sound like conspiracy theory, but roll with me here. I think Poles is going to trade down the lower pick, 
draft alignment of some kind, offensive defense. But his real prize is he's setting up to draft Caleb Williams next year. No. And Justin Fields is part of a package similar to what no, the no, no. maybe what the Jared Goff happened, and, and they try to really just say, hey, I want this guy, and they make it happen. I'm just throwing it out there as a All possibility. Right. Hey, hey, we throw stuff out there. That's do what the, we do. Do the thing where you're like, I'm going to let you guys talk about it now. Okay, okay, great. Here we are. <laughs> I'm just going to hang up and let you guys talk. Yeah, I love when people say That's that. That's the way you run the system. So first and foremost, polls trading down. Well, the reality is if Very you're going to – Group the three offensive linemen that are at the top tier, right? Mm-hmm. If you're gonna if you're gonna group them into somewhere, you know you, they can be had top fifteen. So the the possibility to trade down exists because you know you can still get a top tier talent on the offensive line. So I understand that. But the Caleb Williams thing, I think that ship that ship has sailed. The Bears are in on Justin Fields in the present, in the present. But that doesn't mean that. Like, let's say the Bears end up with like let's just say like let's just let's just throw out numbers here. So the Bears end up with the eighth pick, and let's say Carolina has the fourteenth pick. Those two picks are not going to get you the number one pick in the draft. They're not going to get you to Caleb Williams. Do you agree with that, Cardi? Or? I agree with that, but the I agree with you that they're not thinking about other quarterbacks. I mean, they made that clear the day that they made the trade out of the first spot that they, at least for this year and probably the next, the following year, they are team Justin Fields that they are committed to him. So I, I agree with that. However, you know, the bears do have Carolina's number one pick for next year. So they'll be, they'll be in position to make that. Pick. Stop. Dude. That's, I got three jobs today, bro. Let me, let me yawn occasionally. <laughs> What this you is, were doing. It's not an indictment you on your statement. No, no. Or exhaling. I am B96 10 to 3, Fox 32 right after that, and then I'm here on 670 to score. What you got under the table over there? I mean, a little bit of look- something, a little bit okay. of something <laughs> to keep me awake. Okay. Here, okay? okay. But I will say this I think you're absolutely right. There is the thing with Caleb Williams or like a Drake May from North Carolina. Yeah. Caleb Williams obviously had a phenomenal year at USC. That's why a lot of people are talking about him next year. And of course, Heisman. All that stuff like that. But you're not going to trade your 8 and 14 for a number one. It's just not, that's not going to, you're going to give up way more than that. I agree with that. And so I, I agree with that. And so how far off does Justin Fields need to be in order to well, that's consider that sort of that's the thing. Logic? Well, I, I, like if, let's just, I'll ask you the question. What if Justin Fields is average next year? It's average. Now, you know, this is my favorite conversation. I know. So that, then would you think about, Caleb Williams or whatever top quarterbacks Okay, okay. There are? Does average? Okay, here's a better question. Oh, oh, you got a better question. You got one up my question. Was K, was Justin Fields below average last year? Oh, that I is told you. so good. <laughs> I told you I had a God. better question because then because then my follow up is well then if you're telling me he's average that means there there was some sort of improvement mm. and then and that's what I need to see. Oh, I got you. You so, see what so, I'm saying? So. Okay, I'll, I'll say it. Yeah. Yes, I mean, he was I, below I, average. Yes. Yeah, I just was going to say yeah, it. Yes. Yes. No, there's no, there's no argument the, the, there. It's really tough to square that up, though, in my brain because of the spectacular. Like, how many times in sporting life do we have a guy who you can call yeah. spectacular yeah. but below average? That's hard to put that together, but it, it does make sense. But, but it was it, it insulted my sensibilities to say it, but I'm with you. We have Alyssa Bergamini in studio, and it would be likened to an NBA player that scores 30 points one game. Oh my god. And then eight the next. And that's what we're looking at when we when we think about a guy like Justin Fields. 
you can have a spectacular game. Yeah. But if you can't do it night or week in and week out, then you are then cut from the average cloth because that's what happens. You, yeah. You, yeah. you average, that's what average to, is. Out to the mean. You're you good every other game. Yeah. You're good every other game. So if you really want to look at it that way. Yeah. That's so, any, any 500 team. Right. I mean, so, so again, like, can you average, to take it back to Bulls terms, can you yeah. average 17, 18? Then you're above average. Yeah. But if you have one game of 30 and one game of seven, yeah. then. I, what if, how about if I put this I love another these way? I'm going to put this another in Bulls thing. I'm going to put it another way. <laughs> We're trying to suck Alyssa in, but she's not. She's not. What, she's, what, grab what, a mic. No, I know. Bro. We, grab we, a mic. we, we right haven't there, really right made there, it right easy there. for her to, to, me. Come to hang slide out. in because we keep flapping her gums and she. No, that's okay. No, that's that's this mic right here. This Pick that bears right there. Can you hear me? There, we hear you. That's Alyssa Bergamini from the Chicago Bulls radio network, ladies and gentlemen. What if I said this to both of you guys? What if I said there was a game. Where the Bulls beat Philadelphia and Vooch had 21, DeRozan had 25, and Levine had 26. And then back to your point, and then there was another game against oh, yeah. Philadelphia <laughs> where Vooch had eight, DeRozan had four, uh-huh. and Levine had 16. Uh-huh. What if, why, Alyssa? What if Justin yeah. Fields was that? Tell us about the roller coaster that you guys have been on over these last couple of games against the mighty Philadelphia 76ers. I'll tell you, Monday night was fun. Double overtime yet again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you just pointed out, the big three with all those stats. Yeah. So when I'm picking these trends, talking about my player props, oh, the Vooch absolutely going to pull down a bunch yeah. of rebounds. The Bulls had zero rebounds in the first quarter. Oh, damn. So wow. then he had one, and then I think he finally finished with two. Gabe knows all about the sports betting. It could be so fun. It could be so frustrating. Yeah. Frustrating because I was banking on Vooch. Bill it's Wennington's tough. banking on Vooch. So yeah, inconsistency. We don't need Man. that for the Bears. We, I can only handle so much. Right, right. <laughs> you guys also, I'm sure. The, the Chicago fans, we can only handle so much inconsistency. The, bear, the good news is the Bears cannot ever fall down 19 to one early in a game. It will never no, be no, 19 to one in a that Bears is game. It the cannot silver happen. Lining. Yeah, someday it might happen. There might be a one point score other than an extra point in football someday, but not now. Let's hope yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, that was a tough game to watch. I think that it was an anomaly, some outlier that existed. I think the the Bulls did what they were supposed to do, which is split with the Philadelphia 76ers. How you came about that split, whatever. But -hmm. I think, you know, you win one, you lose one, and you feel good as an organization, you know, moving forward with these last couple of games before the playoffs. I think that's that's the position the Bulls are in. And you slayed the Dragon in the first game. First time. You did it. Sometimes – Remember when the Bulls used to Play do that against dragon, Cleveland right? and then just get worked the last four games? A, don't get me started. It's painful. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's hope tonight's way different. All right. We got Alyssa Berger Mini in studio. She's going to hang out with us. Well, she has no choice because she has to work I'm here. here. <laughs> we asked her to about I'm ready to go. I bet she's got a pretty good beat on the best burger places around town, mm. too. Okay. Yeah. Because we're talking about what comes to what comes to mind immediately when you think of best burger in the city, or not best burger in the city, but your favorite burger. You're gonna laugh at me, but Chicago Cut. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. They have great steak, so of course they're gonna have a great burger. Right. Oh, and the fries and the toppings. Oh my god. The cheese makes a difference. I'm hungry now. Why did I not eat before this? Did you guys eat already? Of course we did. Should we just head out here and go to Chicago? (laughs) No, I gotta work. I I need. I need this check. I gotta. To, to buy the burgers at Chicago Cut. <laughs> burgers are yeah. better. Like the more fat, the better, right? Is that the thing? The juicier, the better. Yeah, the juicier. What about a fat? juicy? Okay, Lucy? okay, wait, wait. Here, you had one of those. No, I had juicy Lucy. Those from are Lucy's? fake. That yeah. sounds like drugs. I've had them from Lucy. <laughs> Ooh, get me a juicy Lucy no, no, after no. the show. They're, 
They're known <laughs> in Minnesota. They're right under your tongue. Oh, there's a place called Lucy's on Chicago and California. So that's where I thought you were talking about. Juicy Lucy's is almost like a double patty, double cheese. Smash burger or just regular? Um, just regular. Not quite okay. like the Shane Reardon smash burger. Do you like Oshaval? say his name. We oh, because yeah. I've had one of his burgers and it was delicious. Shane's a good cook. I have uh, to give pack. him a shout out. You dude, you it's curse okay. at Shane more than anybody I know. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he thinks I'm out to get him too, because he thinks I'm. You? He thinks he thinks you're too nice. Well, well, I, I would I like I said I don't identify as nice, but Shane, you know, he's made some accusations. All right, you my know what? Way. I got to be honest <laughs> about he's, some he's in Vegas. I can care less about <laughs> yeah anyone, whether it's Danny Parkins, well, Matt Spiegel. You had quite the reaction when Shane's name came up how did that you were just triggered was that yes uh-huh. like she said shane reader you're like oh, oh and then i think i said he's a good cook and i think it you, was i think it was more about you tyler me. the producer telling us we gotta go to break oh okay oh. yeah yeah you guys are is that what you do away. like you're getting tyler nervous knows. to like attack everybody well, no it's like you guys are chatting and i'm trying to run the show oh yeah <laughs> it's like, sorry it's bergs. <laughs> bergs and i go way back bergs burger uh we're gonna continue the conversation <laughs> we'll find out what andy martinez from the marquee network what does he think the best burger in Chicago? We're not going to talk sports. We didn't even get into bowls with Bergs? Oh, we've got Andy next. We got Bergs till 847. I'm, I'm here until the Literally end of the Bulls game and that post game. Well, we don't want to stop you from doing your work, but we'd yeah. love no, to have you hang out I with us. I can multitask. Same. Isn't that what we do here? I yeah. Like it. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll just say your name loudly and hope you chime in on some yeah. of our conversations yeah. Yeah. As, I'll be here. as we move forward. All right. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, and Alyssa Bergen Mini. And we get to talk to Andy Martinez from the Marquee Sports Network. What does he think about this Cubs team and how they'll fare in the upcoming season? We'll do that after the break. 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Happy Friday, everybody. Hopefully you guys are doing well. It is Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, and a little bit of Alyssa Bergamini. I got to be honest, I'm selfishly hoping, like, this will be a cool show. Just being being honest. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm I'm in. So I'm saying the name because I feel like it's just uh, like yeah. it flows. It's Gabe Groats and Alyssa. <laughs> I th- I can see it working. Bergs. I feel like I feel like there's a good chemistry yeah. happening. Could you imagine you know? the three of us actually having a show? Like it, I'd get fired. All right, uh, no, joining us right. You're a professional. <laughs> joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He covers the Chicago Cubs for the Marquee Sports Network, and he is my guy, Andy Martinez. Andy, you know, I was looking at a text message between you and I, and it happened July of last year was when I reached out to you and like, dude, can you get on the score? That was your first time on the score, right? It was. It was the first time. See, guys, here's the thing. You put a Latino on the radio, he's going to find every other Latino that's out there so he can go ahead and just, <laughs> you know, get him on the, on the radio. So it's a boost. Yeah. So, so, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But he's, yeah. he has credibility hey, already. Man, hey, people hear other people on the radio, and then other people come from other stations. Yeah. They want to be on the radio. That's what it is. So man. it's like, that's, that's cool, though. Uh, Andy, let me ask you this, man. You're looking at this Cubs team. Obviously, you know, they're getting a guy like Javier Assad back from the WBC. Team's kind of coming together. But it seems as though the pundits that are out there are kind of down on the potential for the offensive output for the Chicago Cubs team. It seemed as though, to me, initially, it was like, well, they they knew that. They got defensive guys. They were going to try to see what they could do with their pitching. But, like, what do you feel like is the crutch for this Chicago Cubs team heading into the season? It, it's definitely, as you mentioned, the the offense, right? There's there's a lot of question marks in the offense. There's, there's some question marks, especially one of the big names they signed is Cody Bellinger. 
former MVP, we know what he can do when he is at his best. The last couple of years, he hasn't been at his best. So it's kind of like, what are you, what are you getting in Cody Bellinger? And, and this is a, a real big season for him and the Cubs. The, he was non-tendered by the Dodgers in the offseason. It, he has the potential to be a, a left-handed power bat that they're, they've been missing for, for a, basically since Kyle Schwarber left, right? So it, it's something that can really benefit the Cubs if he can – I'm not saying try to get back to what he was in 2019, but if he's if he's hitting like 25 home runs or so, that that's really valuable for for the Cubs and it's something that they haven't had from their offense. And the other thing is, is first base. Last year, David Ross mentioned it towards the end of the season. It was a, it was a hole at first base offensively. They were they weren't getting the production that they they had hoped from a position that's traditionally very offensive minded. Right? They went out and added Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer to kind of improve the offensive floor at first base, but also kind of buy some time for, for a guy like Matt Mervis, who they're still very high on and, and they think could can contribute this season potentially in the big leagues, but it gives them a little bit more of a buffer to kind of figure things out and, and, and continue to get reps every day at, at, at AAA Iowa. Yeah. I think everything is in, in the works right now for the Cubs. I think that you know, as you went around and named some of those names, it is. It, it feels like there are some really nice spots, but it feels average overall. Same thing with the starting pitching. I don't know if you agree or not, Andy, but I mean, and Mar- I'm glad Marcus Stroman, he deserves to be the, the opening day starter. That's cool for him. But then, you know, it's Jameson Tyone and Justin Steele, Drew Smiley. I don't know what the deal is with Kyle Hendricks right now. This sounds pretty average to me, too. So I don't think, I don't look at the Cubs as a team that's going to surprise anybody this year. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I think it's it's a team that's predicated to to your point is on as Gabe's point mentioned earlier was on defense, right? Where these guys, these aren't your, these aren't a Jacob Degrom or make Mark, Max Scherzer, excuse me, type of guys that are going to go out and have ten, twelve strikeouts a game. These are guys going to the ball's going to be put in play. And last season that was that was a that was a struggle, right? Because the defense was ranked towards the the bottom half of, of baseball. This year the, the the defense has improved, and they're hoping that that the case is. They they might not be getting those ten strikeout games, but but they're getting the ground ball outs defensively that help them. And and yeah, that's that's the that's the thing is what what happens when when the when the defense is improved and and how can that help the starting pitching? But it is a question mark. Is it, is it, it's not a lot of flashy guys. No. So so how can how can they overcome that? And 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 for them, it's the defense. But I will say that I think the the surprising guy kind of we we saw what Justin Steele did last season where he. He became a starter and and really took on that that mantle of he's not just a, a couple inning reliever he's a he's a bona fide big league starter. I think Hayden Wesneski could be in that same boat where he's looked really really good this spring this spring, and I think he's he's going to be could be by the end of the season realistically the the third best starter on on the Chicago Cubs rotation if he continues to improve like like he like he's shown. We're talking Andy Martinez here on six seventy the score Gabe Ramirez Mark Grody. He is the Cubs writer at the Marquee Network. I'm looking at this team, Andy, and it seems as though, you know, fans and writers were very high on them initially, even when you looked at Vegas, looking at the, like, over-under. And then I don't know what it is. Over the last couple of weeks, there's been, like, some sort of nosedive on this team, and I can't put my finger on, on what is it that's making people feel that way. What have you seen over the last couple of weeks that, Maybe could potentially you could point to to see to where uh, some pundits will be looking at and saying, 
hey, this team is not necessarily as strong as we think it is? I think it, it comes down to the bullpen. The The last few years the Cubs have had, they they signed these guys that you're like, they signed a Jeremy Jeffers in 2020 or they signed a, a Ryan Tapera or trade for an Andrew Chafin or signed a David Robertson. And you're like, can these guys, what, what can these guys bring? They're, they're, they're older vets. What can they really do? And, and in all those situations, Chris Martin, another guy, they, they turned out to be pretty good relievers. The, the Cubs worked with them. Their, their, their pitching department worked with them, turned them into pretty good relievers. And they were able to, to kind of finagle a, a bullpen for, for lack of a better term. And this season, some of the guys that kind of came up through the system that that were very that they were very high on and, and hoping to cover big innings, someone like Brandon Hughes or Keegan Thompson, those two guys specifically kind of started off spring slow, and you weren't sure, hey, are, are they okay? Are they going to start health? Or are they going to start on the injured list? Keegan Thompson looks like he's back on the right track and should start the season, and and it's a very valuable piece to David Ross's bullpen in the sense that he can go a couple, more than one inning. But Brandon Hughes was their best reliever in the second half of last season. And he's dealing with some knee inflammation, and that that's kind of worrisome in terms of where we're at in in the season, right? Or in spring training, right? Like opening days a week away. If, if he hasn't pitched in a few days, what, what's the situation there? So that's that's kind of the concern going into the season. Is well, yes, you're banking on your rotation to be better, and these guys, for sure, Jamison Tyon and Marcus Stroman can go five, six innings if needed. But then if, if you have some injuries or some depth problems, what kind of happens after that? And I think that's kind of why there might be some concern as to why why the numbers can figure or why the number, the win total number is going is going down or why there's some skepticism. But I mean, there's all the, the Cubs have also kind of afforded themselves a luxury to, to think that the, the bullpen might be OK, because as we've seen, again, like I said earlier, the last few years, they've been able to, to piece together a bullpen pretty well. I'm really interested in a lot of the things that you just said there, and specifically to Keegan Thompson. I was really am really looking forward to this season for Keegan Thompson because I, I I don't know if he liked it, but I love the fact that they made it very clear this year, David Ross, that Keegan Thompson is a bullpen guy, and he was fine as a starter, but I think he could be a star as a bullpen guy. So I'm hoping for for good health for him. And the same deal for Brandon Hughes because I wanted to see what the what the sequel was with him and if he could take over as closer. All of that said, to really get into the bullpen minutia, does this open the door for Rowan Wick, my guy, to be closing games again this year or getting that opportunity sporadically? I mean, I think Rowan Wick's an interesting case where he's looked pretty good this spring and he looked at really good at times last season. And then he had some outings where – there were some some command issues. He was leaving some curveballs up that that hitters were taking advantage of. He's a, he's an interesting guy in the sense that I, I think he will have some high leverage situations, and, and the Cubs will look at him in the high leverage situations. I'm with you. I love the fastball and how the curveball plays off of it. I think he's, he's, the drop on his curveball it can can sometimes just look absolutely insane, especially on the TV angles. But I think something that David Ross has mentioned throughout camp is he's he's totally fine by going with the, the closer by committee, if you want to call it that, right, where depending on how matchups line up, if Brandon Hughes is healthy, maybe he's closing out a game, and maybe the next game Brad Boxberg is closing it out, or maybe oh, yeah. the next game Michael Fulmer is. Like, they're, they, they're, they're not afraid to kind of mix and match. And David Ross has mentioned it many, many times. You don't really ever want to name a closer unless you have someone like Craig Kimbrell or Mariano Rivera or Trevor Hoffman, oh. someone like that that you know is – 
he's coming in in the ninth, and nine times, ninety nine times out of a hundred, they're gonna they're gonna shut the door down. Yeah, maybe maybe Keegan Thompson works his way up to it. So, but that's a good point. In other words, they gave they do not have a closer. Something that they would most certainly like. We're talking to Andy Martinez. He covers the Cubs for Marquee, and uh, I'm Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. You know, I, I'm curious what your thoughts were of the WBC. You seen a lot of people; they were kind of at either ends of the fence there, Andy. They either loved it because they loved the passion, they loved the the the, the patriarch. Uh, you know, what I'm saying like just loving your not the patriarchy, but loving your 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 country right there. What did you think of it, and did you think it, it's worth the worth baseball players' times? I mean, I I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much that on one of the off days, I went to both WBC games here in Phoenix. Um, it was kind of, I mean, I guess I'm a little crazy in the sense that I went. Do you have Do you have the Mexico hat, field. Andy? Do you have the Mexico hat? Is the real question. I mean, I think I think you know the answer to that. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. I think that that's 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 a no brainer. Okay, but no, I, I mean, I think talking to the players too is they they thoroughly enjoyed it. Javier Assad, talking to him, I, I have, we have an interview up on our on our website and on the Cubs Weekly podcast with with Javier in, in Spanish and he mentioned the pride that he had and, and just the, he, as a kid, he had always wanted to represent Mexico in the WBC and, and he finally got to do it. And he was so excited. And, and when he got the phone call that he was going to be on the national team, he was calling his parents and his, he was talking to his wife about it. And then in Phoenix, his, his uncles came into town. His parents were there. His wife was there. Like this meant a lot to the lot of these guys. Marcus Stroman too mentioned his mom is his, his rock and he loves his mom and, the ability she's Puerto Rican. The ability to represent Puerto Rico in the WBC meant a lot to him. Like this, this is something that means a lot. And I think it's really easy if you just read the comments and and guys are like, oh yeah, this means a lot, and we really want to play in it. It's easy to read that and think, oh, they're just saying that. But I, at least from every guy that I've talked to, they have genuinely mentioned that they really enjoyed it and would gladly take part in it. In, in 2026 again, if they're if they're fortunate enough to be able to. Yeah, Andy. The reality is this: right, Javier Assad loves playing for Chicago Winds as a Chicago Cub, but right. he most certainly loves playing for Mexico. Like you know, what I'm saying a little bit more than yeah. he does. And, he's, and sometimes it might be like politically incorrect to say things like that. Yeah, but it's okay. Like right. like we right. get it. Like Javier Assad is so prideful and so happy to be playing for his country. Because here's the reality of it. When you're that entrenched in a culture, the way that Javier Assad or any Puerto Rican, Cuban, or whatever it is, Japanese player that's out there, when they go back home, right? Most players, you know, like you and I, Groats, we're here in Chicago. This is our home. These guys go back to their country. And when they right. dominate the way that they did, they are they are held to a higher standard than most. And they get to... to Enjoy the fruits of that, and so it's good to see guys like that. That is cool, really performing. Because we don't really high, we don't really hold not baseball players, baseball players to high That's what I'm saying. Like Javi Baez, I'll never forget. I'll never forget Julio Franco. Yeah, right, famed baseball player. Held the bat way over his head. Never forget being in Puerto Rico one year. I was a teenager. I don't know what it was, and I seen him out there, and he was larger than life. Because you, because you couldn't understand the fact that. Julio Franco was sitting here on the streets of Puerto Rico, like in oh, some cool. small town. Yep. But this is what happens with these players, and we can't wrap our minds around that as as you know people from the United States because it's, it's just so big. You know what I mean? It's a really good perspective. Yeah. Andy, and, and one thing I'll yeah, please. I was going to say really quickly. One thing I'll add to that is when you think about it, a lot of back home they're not getting to see these guys every day like we are. Right? We can turn on a, a, a Cubs game or a White Sox game every day and watch you know Almonca. I watch. 
Marcus Stroman every single day, right? Whereas in Puerto Rico and Mexico and Japan, like you might be lucky to see them once a week type of thing. So when you get to see them in these games every single day that they're playing in, it just means that much more for, for, for the fans and, and for them back home. And representing their country as well, which means exactly. even more to anyone else. Andy, I appreciate you coming on, man. You know, I always love talking to you. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, anytime, guys. It was great, great talking to you guys. Of course, Andy Martinez covers the Cubs for the Marquee Network and hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, Alyssa Bergamini. Can I still say that? Even because you're here. It's like, I know you don't got your headphones on and everything, but you're here. I have a confession. <laughs> oh, damn. I literally, we got to go to break. Oh, I'll say it when we get back. Okay, I love this. That's a tease. tease. And then I want to know more about something that you're wearing right now. <laughs> oh, all right. Which part? So we, Don't worry. Stop it. We're either going Bears <laughs> or Bulls. I respect break. the level. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, and Alyssa and Bergamini. <laughs> After the break, we'll be back at 670 to score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.